Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? I'm in West Virginia, and it's a nice. It's a very underrated state. Yeah, I like West Virginia. It's beautiful. The climate is typically usually pretty good when I'm here. Yes. And it it just seems like a a good state. You know, I've only been there a few times, and it's mainly been driving through, yeah. uh, traveling. But there's a spot from when you're going from Kentucky to Virginia. That's the route that I would go through there. Uh, there's this gorgeous valley. Just like the, it's like the road just opens up. It's beautiful. One of my favorite spots. Well, we're over in the Greenbrier area, right on the border between West Virginia uh, and Virginia. Yeah, that's and, pretty um, nice. Are you staying at the Greenbrier, yeah, Jonathan? No, that's a negative. Um, SBC budget and all. I'm at the Hampton Inn in Lewisburg. <laughs> but you <laughs> not should, exactly the Greenbrier. You should go over to the I may, Greenbrier. I may try to get over around. there. We may yeah, try to get over there in the morning. Yeah, walk around. I may be able to talk Dr. Rayner to go and have breakfast there tomorrow. Oh, just yeah. Just so we can see the Greenbrier. Yes. So, if, if folks, if you don't know what the Greenbrier is, look it up. It's one of America's most historic resorts. And uh, they have a, a decommissioned national security bunker. Yes, that you can tour, that I is understand. Fascinating stuff. I didn't know anything about that. Amy Jordan at the office uh, told me about that this week. I had never heard of this. And now I'm like, I wish I would have known about it and I wish we had time to go because I would totally go. So my visit to the Greenbrier was past, I drove past the entrance. That's as far as I got. Ah. But I got to point to it and say, that's the Greenbrier. Yes. So hopefully, maybe breakfast in the morning before we head out of here. So uh, we, Dr. Rayner speaking at the pastor's conference for the West Virginia Southern Baptist Convention tonight, as well as the annual meeting. He's the keynote for that. Uh, Dr. Bill Hennard good friend of Dr. Rayner's and yeah. a former faculty member at Southern Seminary uh, is the state executive director of West Virginia Southern Baptists and I invited Dr. Rayner. So we are here and uh, we head back right after a, a Q&A with some West Virginia pastors tomorrow. So West Virginia, uh, a state that is in the South, but is not really part of the uh, the traditional South of the SBC. Is it? Only 225 it? Southern Baptist churches in West Virginia. I thought West Virginia was mid-Atlantic. Well, it may be. But it seems like a southern. It has a southern culture. Okay, that, that's, that fair? Uh, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Even though it's more northern than southern, but it, it has a very southern yeah. culture here. Uh, really good people, and we've had some good food while we've been here. I mean, we've been here all of like what four hours, but right. uh, you know, I've enjoyed it so far, and I enjoyed my other trips to West Virginia. So uh, it's a, it's a great state. I enjoy it. All right. Well, this week's podcast uh, is brought to you by Southern Seminary. Located in Louisville, Kentucky, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. Again, that is sbts.edu. Amy, it's the first of the month. You know what that means. CP. Yep, and uh, I don't have good news this month. Uh, CP is 5.53% under the first month's projections for hmm. fiscal year 2018. What are your thoughts on that? There have been times in the past where it d it's depended on how a month is set up, the way the the receipts are turned in. Yeah, is I think this... that's entirely possible. We had a five Sunday month this month, and the right. last Sunday right at the end of the month, you know, October 30th was or October 29th was the last Sunday of the month. It's entirely possible because of everything going on at the end of October that pe money's just not in yet, I and mean, we will kind of play catch up next month. Right. However. Last October was also down, and we wound up above budget and you know yeah. ab above the previous year as well. So 
It's okay. entirely possible this is just one of those, you know, we have 12 months in the year. Yes. No reason to panic after one month. It, it October is typically a lower month. It, just looking back at historical numbers, we'll just have to wait and see and see what happens in November. Uh, November yeah. and December also, you know, you have Lottie Moon giving, you have end of the year giving, you have... Um, you have Thanksgiving, a lot of holidays as well. So these first three months are typically a little slower. January right. is where things start to pick up. So we saw that last year. I, I, I'm not surprised by this. I, I figured it was going to be this way anyway. So we'll just kind of keep an eye on it and watch for next month. I wonder too, this is an interesting question to me. Um, and I don't know. I mean, some of these, it, it talks about how month-to-month swings, it talks about in the Baptist Press article, reflect a number of factors. Timing of when the state Baptist conventions forward the contributions on, day of the month that churches forward their contributions to state conventions, number of Sundays, all these different things. I I wonder if there's ever, if there's a delay in the fall in processing. I have no because idea. Of because of state convention doing, meetings. Yeah, they're doing their meetings. It's entirely possible. Yeah, Entirely because that's a, that's a big job to have to get in all the receipts, um, take out, you know, the ministry expenses and, and things, disperse everything and send it on. And if your staff is is kind of dealing with their biggest week of the year, it may take a little bit longer time to get everything processed. I have no idea. That's just, I just thought about that. That's here. as good an explanation as any I've heard. So, well, I'll give you, I'll, I mean, I buy it. So, it's a guess. Yeah. It's a guess. And, and, probably, anyway. and, and it's also an educated guess and probably a decent one. And I'm sure that does play into at least some states right. uh, in, you know, in the role and in the timing that they pass on the money. So Sure, sure. But anyway, we'll keep an eye as yep. we always do every month. As we always do. All right, Amy, over to Middle Tennessee, Union University. They've got the R.G. Lee birthplace. They have relocated onto um, the camp. Excuse me, I need to interrupt you for a second. It would actually be West Tennessee. I just need to correct you. Well, but it's Middle our... West. No, it's West Tennessee. They're West Tennessee. They're West Tennessee, and I and, see. I, and I'm Jackson, not a Tennessee native, so. Yeah, and Jackson uh, citizens would would probably like it that I would accept because it's. I mean, every Tennessee's like three different states. It's got you know culture, landscape, everything, and West Tennessee is amazing. So I just want to speak correctly. West Tennessee, go ahead. I figured if I was in in Jackson, I would want to be like closely tied to Nashville and the cool place and everything. So I don't know. Well, Nashville's cool. So is Memphis, but so is Jackson. Yeah, Jackson it is. is a cool town. It is. So anyway, I'm just I'm just speaking up uh, for my friends. Okay. West Tennessee. So keep anyway, going. Moving on to West Tennessee. They've got R.G. Lee's cabin. Very and it cool. It opens next week. Yeah, so it's the renovated birthplace of R.G. Lee. It's been moved to Union's campus from. Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis. So it was a 32 by 16 foot house originally built in the mid 19th century in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Um, R.G. Lee was born in the house uh, in 1886 to a family of sharecroppers. And so they've actually moved uh, the house from, you know, a few different places, but uh, they have moved it, renovated it, and it will be there for people to visit. Now, for those who maybe aren't aware of who R.G. Lee is, he preached at Bellevue Baptist Church and has a very famous sermon. We should put something. Is there like a recording of it that a you can put on Sunday? a link on? Is that the name? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to look and see. If there is, I'll, I'll put it in there. Yeah, because then that it helps our listeners yeah. who may not know. Former to, SBC to pastor as well, to... or president as well. Yes, yes. So, um, so that's very cool. I was thinking about this the other day. 
a lot of places have this. So now R.G. Lee's home or birthplace is at Union's campus. We have Lottie Moon's house from China at Southwestern. This is a kind of a thing that's going to go by the wayside. I mean, people aren't born in houses. They haven't been born in houses for a long time. You can't well, put somebody's hospital room. They also don't live in houses that can be moved. Exactly. I mean, the my house is on a slab. In, so, I mean. yeah. So this this whole thing of having and it, these pieces of history. I mean, now everything we do is digital. We have digital footprints everywhere. It's just it's not going to be as exciting to have yeah. our stuff one day. Maybe one day Tom Rainer's iPhone will be on display at Lifeway. Wow, maybe. But yeah, it's kind of sad. So, but these are really special ways to connect um, with people from history, and uh, that's that's really cool. So it'll be a way that um, a way that not only can people come and visit, but it's also a way that students at Union University will be able to connect with uh, Dr. Lee and his legacy because a lot of them may not be aware. Yes, and I'm a sucker for a historical home, so. Next time I'm in Jackson, I will have to swing by and see that. I, I'm all about the old homestead type places. So me too. Um, those are those are fun for me. All right, moving over to Missouri. They had their annual meeting. We only have one annual meeting report this week, Amy. The Missouri Baptist Messengers met in October. Eight hundred and eighty-three messengers and two hundred and thirty-four visitors. Amy, that that's a pretty good size convention right there. That's yeah, a good, that's, that's a, good a meeting. really good one. And that's they met a at, really good. Meeting. They met at Connection Point Church, which uh, the artist formerly known as First Baptist Raytown. And uh, they approved some new nice. governing documents. Yeah, so that included their uh, constitution and bylaws, the executive board articles of incorporation and bylaws, business and financial plan, and other uh, legal documents. That's a lot. Yeah, a lot of this stems from bringing back into the fold the uh, the institutions that had left the Missouri Baptist Convention. Now they're tightening up those documents to hopefully prevent that uh, from ever happening again. Also announced was a new foundation president, First Baptist Church, Branson, my favorite city in Missouri. Uh, Neil Franks was uh, named the president of the Missouri Baptist Foundation. Excellent. That's great. Um, they also had at the convention, they had Tom Elliff, uh, former president of the International Mission Board, Kevin Ezell, president of the North American Mission Board, and Judy uh, Dabbler, who led, uh, she's from a, a group, con Creative Conciliation, uh, that deals with uh, conflict resolution, personal and spiritual health of church leaders. So, uh, very interest, uh, so very good program. Yep. And they approved a budget of $14.8 million. 40% will move on to national SBC ministries. They also approved a, get this, Amy, they also approved a five-year state-to-state missions partnership with the Minnesota-Wisconsin Baptist Convention, which means they'll kind of partner together in missions and try to help out one of those states in the, uh, the northern part of our nation. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And actually, I'll be looking forward to that story coming from the Minnesota-Wisconsin Baptist Convention. Uh, Keith was at that meeting uh, last week speaking and, and get, presenting uh, some just report from the seminaries uh, there and had a great time. So it's exciting to see this missions partnership launching. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of that with the state conventions these days. I know that West Virginia has a partnership with Florida. So I saw that uh, Craig Colbreth, yeah. one of your co-parliamentarian assistants yes. for the, he's the national meeting. He's always in West Virginia. He's, he's here at the, uh, the meeting this week because he's representing Florida and their partnership with the West Virginia Baptists. That's excellent. That's right. great. Messengers also elected each of the current officers for a second term of service. 
Uh, that includes Ken Parker, pastor of First Baptist Kearney, uh, Jeremy Munoz as the first vice president, second vice president, Tim Smith, recording secretary, Rick Bizadecki. Uh, also, Amy, we forgot to mention in there, they also heard from the governor of Missouri. We kind of alluded to that last week on the podcast. So a uh, great meeting up in Missouri. So um, moving over to Guidestone, um, they have announced changes to protection coverage offered to uh, people in the church retirement plan. Yeah, so if you have a um, 403B program through your church retirement plan, you need to check out this story. Uh, there's a, there's a yeah. lot of changes here. I, I don't know if we can go over every one of them individually, but uh, if you right. have a 403B through Guidestone, which many of our listeners do, you need to check out uh, the changes that they've made. These all go into effect January 1st. Yeah, so these are just little things like minimum um, monthly contribution, increasing uh, disability benefits, having to begin before 65 and a, a limited payout, just different things like that. Um, we're going to put the um, the link to the Baptist Press story in the show notes so that if you have one of those plans, you need to go and look. We want uh, that information available to you um, because, uh, as Jonathan said, if you don't have one of these plans, you need to look into it. Um, So these are changes coming up January 1st. Uh, Make sure that you are uh, fully informed. Yeah, and if you need more information on that, go to guidestone.org slash SBC Church Benefits. They got a website there. It's in the story. And uh, I, I highly encourage you, if you have Guidestone or if you don't, go out and check this out just to make sure that you are covered. Amy, one final story before we get into this week in SBC history, an update on a story that we provided to our listeners a couple of weeks ago. Columbia's First Baptist Church has denied the charges in the sex abuse lawsuit filed against them last month. In the 10-page answer, Pastor Estep and First Baptist denied the allegations against them. All the details of their statement are in the story from the state, uh, the newspaper in Columbia. Uh, We'll keep an eye on this and follow the story as it develops. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. Okay, so I felt a little pressure that I should probably do the uh, 500th anniversary of the Reformation. That Um, was this week? But... I didn't see anything about that. You didn't didn't know, huh? I I totally missed Um, out. Somebody should have written something about that. (laughs) But part of what I like to do with this segment is to call attention to things that maybe people aren't tracking. And so I'm going to let that one stay out there and say... um, it's certainly there was not an SBC 500 years ago, but uh, certainly has a, a a ripple effect. It did and um and affected us, but that's not going to be what we focus on in this segment. I decided to hone in on some presidential, some U.S. presidential history. Oh, shocker there! So, so this week is uh, November 2nd is the birthday of two U.S. presidents, and both of them have connections uh, with us. Oh, really? Yeah, Jimmy Carter. So, no. Oh. Uh, Warren Harding, who oh. doesn't get talked about a whole lot, 29th president of the United States, was born November 2nd, 1865. The original Warren G. Yes, Warren G. Um, Warren Gamaliel Harding. Like actually. in the Book of Acts. Yes, like in the Book of Acts. Um, so, what I have um, here is uh, I have the Wikipedia article for people who may not know about him. He's not one that just really gets owned by a lot of people because there were a lot of scandals uh, surrounding his administration. Um, So he doesn't get talked about a lot, but uh, it's an interesting part of our history nonetheless. And then there's an article from First Things um, 
that Timothy George oh. uh, at Beeson Divinity School wrote, and it's called America's First Baptist President, the first Baptist to serve as President of the United States. Um, and then it tells a little bit about that. And it also mentions that he was a part of Calvary Baptist Church when he was in Washington, D.C. So I've also included um, an article from Bob Allen at Baptist News Global that was about that church uh, when it uh, disassociated with the SBC in about 2012. So it gives a little bit of the history um, of that church and its connection with our denomination. So when he was president of the United States, he attended a Southern Baptist church. He had grown up in a Northern Baptist tradition, but attended a Southern a church with Southern Baptist connections. Um, also, uh, same birthday, November 2nd, as James K. Polk from Tennessee, actually. You can go and visit his house, Jonathan, in uh, Columbia. Oh, really? Yes. But I didn't know he that. Was, yes, but he was the president. He was born uh, November 2nd, um, 1795. And he was the 11th president of the United States from 1845 to 1849. So he actually was the president of the United States when the Southern Baptist Convention began. Um, so I've got a Wikipedia article about him for those who may not know about him. And then um, an article called uh, It's Religion and the American Presidents. And it talks about his connection with religious groups. And it mentions... Um, it, it mentions uh, national tensions during his presidency led elite Baptist planters of the South um, to split from Northern Baptists. It talks about the connection with uh, abolitionists and the, you know, the sort of how things, uh, how his presidency and the, the national conversation at the time uh, sort of contributed to uh, a lack of compromise. And so I've got all those links there. Um, and uh, so anyway, just an interesting thing. We have two U.S. presidents born on November 2nd, and both of them have a definite impact. Um, and uh, so it's an important week in SBC history. Every week's an important week in SBC history, Amy. Absolutely. That's right. That's yes. right. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is... All the Reformation 500 coverage from Baptist Press. So I've got a link to the entire catalog of everything that they wrote about that. Uh, there's a lot of coverage all over the internet. Uh, you can even check out the, the videos from the Here We Stand conference over at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Go to sbts.edu, check that out. A lot of good information there and uh, some talks and you know information about the Reformation as well as uh, all the coverage from Baptist Press. Your resource of the week, Amy, is... Uh, a book I just discovered has come out, so I don't know a lot about it except that I want to read it. It was published uh, in September. It's called The Last Castle, um, The Epic Story of Love, Loss, and American Royalty in the Nation's Largest Home, and it is all about the uh, story of the Vanderbilts and oh. the Biltmore House. Wow. The Biltmore. Yeah. I have not been yeah. to the Biltmore. It is very I probably cool. should go. Should, you should go, and you should go at Christmas. Okay. Um, but it's a real uh, sort of just the story of George Vanderbilt and really about, I mean, it's the largest residence ever constructed in the United States um, and just really about the process of building it and kind of it, it's, it's sort of that picture of the Gilded Age that we still have. So it's the story of their family and the house. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. And I just like just saw this morning something about it and is very excited uh, so I'm going to have to get that. Looking forward to reading it. All right. Well, very cool. I, I need to get over there to the Biltmore. So at some point, one of these days, I'll get there. I'm sure my wife will drag me over there. I mean, uh, I will take my wife there. 
Yes. Take her at Christmas. Yes. And we could do that and we could stay at Ridgecrest. Boom. Yes, you can. So I may have to do that. Yes. They got new rooms yes. at Ridgecrest that they're rolling out. And nice. they're super nice. They look like you stepped right out of Magnolia Place over there, the uh, Joanna Gaines and Chip Gaines. Nice. It's really, yeah. really nice. That's really so cool. I have to check those out. So maybe I could take Beth over there. Her birthday's in December. So uh, maybe yeah. we could do a quick you know, weekend getaway for her birthday and go to the Biltmore. That'd be fun. Excellent. Yes. Because I'm sure uh, Christmas decorations make anything better, right? Absolutely. But it's really fun. They have it all lit up. It's like a candlelight tour and... Uh, really cool. That's a, we, we, uh, we did that when, uh, the kids were little and I think Mary was doing something with Keith's parents. So it was just us and Drew and he was like one and a half or something. And, uh, it, he was, he doesn't remember it, but he had a lot of fun climbing the stairs and things like that. So. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe thing. you and Keith could join Beth and I, and we could do like Facebook live for the podcast. Um, maybe I wonder if the Biltmore staff would be uh, happy with us doing probably that. Probably before that, would they? I'm going to guess they wouldn't. They don't want people falling down the stairs at the Biltmore. That would be really bad. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Facebook yeah. Lives, we talked about it last week on the show. New Lifeway building opens in just about 10 days. So yes. I'll be doing some Facebook Live stuff from there. I've got a new little gadget to do uh, to hold the camera and everything. And uh, that way, maybe I can walk and, and see and be able to watch where I'm going. And avoid mishaps like the last time. So excellent. Yes, we'll see. we and we need you to do that. Yes, um, I'm going to be in your area next week, so oh. I'll be at the North Carolina convention at the beginning of the week. But I will be at the Lifeway Women's Leadership Forum. That's right. Um, at in the end of the week yep. at Long Hall Baptist Church. Yep. So that'll be fun. So if you get a chance to swing downtown, come say hello. If All not, right. if not, well, then you know that stinks. Yeah, it's so. okay. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us this week on SBC This Week. Again, if you're at your state convention annual meetings, send us in information. If anything big happens, big or small, actually, uh, if anything happens, just give us information. Let us know what's going on out there in the states. We appreciate all those tips. You can email those to Jonathan at SBCThisWeek.com. You can hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback we get from our listeners, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.